0: Headliner Radio, the creative voice.
1: Today we're welcoming New York City funk band Dakota Jones onto the podcast, who are following on from the success of their debut album Blacklight with a brand new single Sugar Pie. And so on the call today we've got lead singer Tristan Carter-Jones and bassist and executive producer Scott Cramp. So welcome along guys and shout out to the other members Steve Ross and Eddie Marshall who are here in spirit. So welcome along today. Thanks so much for joining
2: us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. And where are you joining us from today? From Brooklyn, New York. Nice. And it's quite timely uh, to be speaking to you today because I know your single, Sugar buy is out today. Um, so congratulations on the new release. Um, how does it Thank feel you. to have it out in the world?
2: Uh, it's uh, It just feels really good. It's been, I think, a long time coming. It's been, you know, um, over a year or more since we've released... Uh, our last record so it just feels good to put new music out in the world again it's been um, a labor of love for quite some time you often I know with a lot of artists especially with us we you work on things for so long and so you're just kind of sitting on these finished products for an extended period of time and so it's just I don't it just feels good I know it sounds so simple but it just feels really good to Mm. get it out there.
1: <laughs> no, I'll bet. And um so you've been together as a band for about eight years, haven't you? So um where did you two meet first of all and how did the other members come into it? Are you all from New York?
0: Yeah, yeah roundabout. New York, New Jersey. We're all born in New Jersey, but we all migrated to New York like in our late teens, I guess. Yeah.
2: Um so I have known the drummer Steve since I was about eight years old. And, um, we went to elementary school together. And when he moved to New York city, I was already in New York. Um, I had studied at New York university and I'd been living there for a few years. Um, so he moved to New York and just kind of wanted to start jamming, um, just like playing drums for fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, he asked me to come sing with him and another guitarist. And I immediately said, absolutely. No, I'm not going to do that. I, (laughs) I'm, was really terrified of singing in front of people and didn't even want to sing covers with them. Um, But they kept badgering me and eventually I, I signed on for a couple of practices. Um, And then Scott is best friends with our former guitarist. um, And he was pulled in to play bass. And one day we just ended up writing a song together instead of playing covers like we usually do. And from that moment, it just kind of, everything kind of clicked and we realized this is what we were supposed to be doing and we just kept on going. didn't stop.
1: Wow, really. And it's interesting you say you were terrified to sing in front of people because anyone looking at your Instagram as a band now or maybe some of your music videos, you seem like a really natural kind of um, show woman. So how did you get past (laughs) that to kind of break past it to be that person up on the
2: stage? Yeah, well, I've been writing and singing for as long as I can remember. It's been my form of expression from the time I was very little, but um, sharing that with people because it was the thing I cared about the most was terrifying to me. Um, And it really took until we started playing together as a band that I realized it, it, it almost felt like I didn't have a choice, but to share what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And part of that, uh, one of the biggest parts of that is getting out and performing around the city and performing, Uh, wherever we could and the first couple of shows I was just you know like shake through the first (laughs) few songs and then eventually it just passed and I still get very nervous before shows but once you I think once you get on stage and once I once those first few notes come out it just something melts away Mm. yeah
1: it just clicks okay and then What about so when you first started to write, as you said, you were doing some covers and stuff and then you started to doing your own song. So how did the band sound take shape? Or was this a natural evolution based on each of the band members' individual influences and styles, I guess?
0: I think that it's it's definitely grown. It's like um like the the everything that's on this new album and kind of on our last album has just been like much more funkier than like what we were when we like originally started writing music. And I think that was because we were well, was personally a little bit like intimidated and scared to so just be like, Oh yeah, like we're going to start playing this like funk, funky music, you know? And yeah. it was uh, I don't know, a little bit out of our comfort zone. It was stuff that we loved or I loved playing. It was just like, do you think that the rest of the band would like this? Do you think everybody else who is still into this kind of stuff?
2: Yeah. I think that when we first started playing together, It was, it took us not to, I mean, it was only really a few months, maybe six months until we kind of nailed down what our initial sound was or what we thought it was. It was kind of blues leaning and, um, a lot of rock. Um, but still, I think just the tone of my voice kind of lends itself to like soul and Mm. R&B. Um, so we were kind of all over the place for, (laughs) for a little while until we kind of, um, grew up a little bit and just kind of, um, started leaning more towards, I think not trying to be boxed into any specific genre, just Mm -hmm. doing whatever felt right in the moment and not caring about how it was going to be received, just focusing more on how it felt to us. Um, and what has been coming out naturally has been, you know, funk and soul Mm -hmm. and, um, like, there, there's rock mixed There's a lot of different genres mixed in, but it's it's just us being true to our hearts, I think, at this point.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think another huge part of that is um, prior to this, we were, like, truly just a four-piece band, like, guitar, bass, drums, vocals. And, like, when we would go live, it would be like that. And then on this new album, we're, like, you're leaning much more into keys and, you know, getting just bigger, fuller sounds into everything. So that's been uh, leaning into just expanding our sound, making it bigger in live settings more too.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And for both of you then, what did you each grow up listening to? What were you surrounded with? Uh, I don't know if it was something your parents played, or your friends or family friends or whatever. What kind of things do you remember from your childhood and teen years?
2: Yeah, I definitely grew up listening to a lot of soul, um, like old school soul and then contemporary contemporary to the time to the 90s and early 2000s r&b um and then the older i got um, when we were i don't remember how old maybe 10 or 11 or 12 when limewire came out and you just had you had access to absolutely anything that you wanted to listen to i remember as a kid just going to rolling stone and looking at their you know 500 greatest albums of all time. And I just wanted to absorb all of that. I just wanted to eat up as much as I could of what was considered to be the greatest music that had ever been created. And so I, my tastes became a lot more eclectic and I branched out a lot more. And I think that that because of the access that we've had to every single type of music um, that definitely bleeds into our kind of eclectic sound and, and the way that we, Bounce around from genre to genre from time to time.
0: Mm. What about you? I mean, as a as like a white boy growing up in New Jersey, just like <laughs> I had to choose between Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi.
1: <laughs> what decided, did you choose?
0: I chose Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I made the right decision, I think. <laughs> okay. um, so I grew up with that, and then I don't know. I guess yeah, like around the formative years, like young teens, is when I like discovered. Like uh, Stevie Wonder, and started getting into some weirder stuff like Zappa. And that was really, you know, expanded everything. And that's that's now, you know, most of what I listen to.
1: Yeah, still. gotcha. Okay. And I shout out to LimeWire, by the way. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you remember when, the, if the CD if it went wrong you had to start again it was completely done if you tried to put it onto a cd i forgot about that buy all these blank (laughs) cds and then if one track skipped the whole thing was broken it'd start again yes yeah
0: or the 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 dj call out in the beginning of the songs
1: oh those were the worst and r.i.p to (laughs) my mum and dad's computer that we had the family computer at the time that we were probably just downloading all this terrible music and bugs onto. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so viruses, <laughs> yeah the viruses. what happened, Alice don't know, don't know about that don't know, <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that. Why is there so much Jesse's child on her, Alice? Don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome what about um what kind of are these are your musical idols then that you would say, is this what made you want to be musicians and to be in a band one day? Do you think was there one particular artist for for each of you, whether that be Springsteen mm. or uh Stevie Wonder or whoever who were those for you? <sighs>
2: I feel like there are so many, but the one, the thing that pops into my mind first, honestly, which blows my mind now, but Tony Braxton as a kid, when Tony Braxton would come on the radio in the car, I did not let anybody else sing. Nobody else was allowed to perform. It was just me and Tony. (laughs) And from that moment, like those are my strongest memories as a kid listening to Unbreak My Heart and like, just You're making me high. Tone. That is my favorite one of hers. I yes, love that. Yes,
1: so I love good. that
2: song. <laughs> um, just the, the tone of her voice and the things that she was able to express um by just like simple turns and phrases. I was really taken by her as a kid. And um I feel like now I my vocal idol in my heart is always Shaka Khan. She's always just like the biggest, baddest woman to of me. Course. <laughs> um but they're they're definitely they have strongholds on my heart.
1: Yeah, and what about you, Scott?
0: Yeah, it's definitely like early Springsteen, like those like first three albums of his, like where it was like, oh, this is like a young kid just like breaking out into music and just like being in a band and doing what he wants. That was like incredibly inspiring. And then, yeah, Stevie, like that, just the sound of Stevie Wonder.
1: Yeah, what just range like, he's got! Love his voice, incomparable, um, timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. okay, so before we delve into your new single a little bit more, so your debut album, Blacklight, so I've seen this one kind of establish you as an exciting new, I guess, funk soul band. Um, so when you look back, how did this album come together? Was there a concept in mind when you were writing all the tracks for it?
2: How did it come together for Blacklight? Um we So the, the album was greatly conceived during like early COVID days. Um, We were, the band, Scott's family lives in Delaware, and the band, um, we'd all been kind of holed up in New York City and not getting any air, and I, for one, wasn't writing. Scott was making music all of the time. But um, when we finally were able to get some space and get some air, we all traveled down to Delaware, where Scott's parents live, and started just working on music every day. Um, and there were things that we had ideas that were formed completely there in that studio and some ideas that we pulled in from earlier times, but, um, yeah, it just, it started to take shape on its own. I think, I'm not sure if we ever sat down and were like, okay, we're going to make an album. Mm -hmm. We just were making music and making music as, um, just the three of us, Mm -hmm. the, as drums, guitar, I'm sorry, drums, bass, and, vocals and scott was doing a lot of multi-instrumentalist things mm-hmm. um and then when we were introduced to a man named john wooler who was the executive producer on black light the sound he was definitely um very interested in kind of a throwbacky soul sound and that was something that we were playing around with a lot so we kind of laser focused on on that sort of sound um and uh, ended up recording in Seattle in November 2020. So it was like in the, it was still pretty early COVID days. Um, yeah. yeah, it was 2020. Um, yeah. Time flies. Yeah, and uh, just all of us were in that kind of soul mood. And he had produced, John had produced a lot of music with Isaac Hayes and was like a very much a soul blues man. And mm-hmm. um, I think that shaped a, a lot of the album. Yeah.
1: Okay, nice. And so how did things change for you as a band after this debut release? Did you feel that you'd kind of stepped up a notch with this whole, you know, section of your own songs now, no more covers? And I know you've been playing <laughs> the UK as well, as well as, the U, you know, the USA. So what, what's been different for you since then?
2: Since then, um, we've, let's see, I mean, we've started working with a lot of different and new musicians, which I think has... Um, not necessarily changed the way that we sound, but it has changed uh, just having new voices and new ideas in the room kind of adds to the breadth of thought behind the music. Yeah. Um, and we definitely have focused um, more and more on just creating a live show that is fully fleshed out, like f- that fully fleshes out the ideas that we have in our heads. Um, that sounds very full and whole and includes a lot more musicians than we're used to. And um I mean, the the live show has always been a great passion of ours, I think, but I think that the more we grow through this process, um, the more we just want to kind of pump that up and, and really boost the the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but musically, it's all just, I don't know, I, I feel like things have been coming out of us more organically and we're just, it's, like I said, it's more of us just following our hearts than trying to fit into any specific box more than ever.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, okay, so on to Sugar Pie. So your brand new single, like we said, out today. By the time this goes out, it might be next week. But still, it's pretty (laughs) timely. It's pretty timely. So so on Instagram, um, I saw that you posted as a band, you know, are the fans ready for the new era? So I've seen this coming up a couple of times. So how how do you think the musical style has evolved? Like, what's the new thing about this new track?
2: So um, one of the, I think biggest things about sugar pie or one of the um, most important things about sugar pie itself. When we started making new music, um, we brought in keys, uh, a man named Merrill Burkett, who's an incredible keys player, any, uh, all keys. Um, and we kind of, I feel like the way that we created sugar pie is really representative of how all of the new music was created. Merrill was just sitting in a room and was kind of vibing on the that opening organ that you hear in Sugar Pie. Mm-hmm. And um it immediately grabbed me and I just told him to please keep looping that. And I sat down to write immediately. And um the song was done in I don't know, under five minutes, mm-hmm. writing wise. And and um it was working with Merrill, I think, really brought a lot out of us. Um yeah. and just kind of really musically. Didn't necessarily change direction, but like, I don't know, just having that, the soulfulness of the organ and the, um, he comes from like a church background, it it would just kind of really bolster the sound that we were going for. And I think that um, all of the music that we made in that session is kind of the same. It just came, it just flowed out of us. There was no like sitting toiling over melodies or toiling over what I wanted to write. It was just things were just flowing out of us and we were following those things wherever they went and not being concerned about about any previous work that we'd made. Um, we just wanted to do what felt good and kind of make music for the audience in our head. And I think that's definitely where Sugar Pie comes from.
1: Mm. And you say it came together, you know, the lyrics in five minutes or something. So what kind of thoughts, What what's the kind of the gist of the song then what do you think it has quite a deep meaning or as you say it come to you quite quickly was it more of a fun breezy thing what were you thinking about
2: it was to me it just represents like the the breeziness and ease of being in true love like being in real love like the feeling of you know walking down the street hand in hand and you feel like nobody can touch you because you're just locked in that that feeling of passionately being in love and um I think that's what it sounds like and that's why it came out so so easily Mm. um it's just simple okay and i
1: watched the video um today as well it looks quite fun was that done in one take or is that some clever camera trickery
2: no we we did it in one take we we did it repeatedly but (laughs) that the 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 final take that that became the video was just one single take
1: yeah i see jenga everywhere
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so we, we shot
0: it on like just a, a sony camera just a regular you know footage camera and then also we were like oh for like social media we should also just shoot this on like vertical on the iphone for tiktok mm-hmm. and then in the editing we're just like what happens if we just throw these in it was kind of like a happy accident we were like oh this looks cool so we just yeah again it would kind of rolling with our gut instincts <laughs> yeah. we're just like this like conventionally is kind of a strange idea, but we all like it, so
2: yeah. So we just go with it. Yeah.
1: Okay. And in terms of TikTok, you know, Instagram and everything, is that does that factor in quite heavily to promoting yourself as and an emerging band? You know, standing out on, let alone the internet, but in the world of music, uh, New York, so many musical acts there, of course, aren't there? So totally. Are you having to put a lot of energy into that? Do you think?
2: I think that. So social media and promoting ourselves is not something that we ever think about when we're creating. It's definitely once the creation is done and you have to think about how are you going to, you know, you want, you want as many people as possible to share in this music with you. We make it for ourselves, but we, it's made to share, you know? So social media and Instagram and TikTok plays a big part in that these days, Um, for better or worse. Um It takes yeah, I mean, I, I think that we spend a decent amount of time trying to promote things in a way that still is representative of who we are. Um like we're not you will probably not catch Dakota Jones doing TikTok dances anytime soon, but <laughs> um it's just another way to to share what we're doing. And we wanna, you know, do that as well as we can, as as best we can with the tools that we have. Mm.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Everyone that I've spoken to about TikTok always say, just basically do your own thing. Don't try and copy, like you said, the totally. kind of dance craze or try and make this happen. Right. But um, you do hear, um, you know, established artists now kind of make references to how their labels are trying to force them to do this many TikToks a week and some of them are just like, right. I, I hate this. I'm I'm, yeah. not, I'm not 18. I don't want to do a dance
2: on TikTok. I know. I'm a
1: 30-something-year-old <laughs> because... woman or whatever they are, you know.
2: yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's not, um, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of the, to, to me, at least to, to us, to a lot of the artists that I know, because that's not, we want to just spend our time making music. We don't want to spend time like participating in gimmicks, (laughs) but I guess any, I, I respect everyone that's doing whatever they have to do to get their music out there. And I know that these platforms can be huge launch pads for people and, um, yeah so to each their own but it's just it's just like it's a lot
0: (laughs) yeah when you put like over a year into work into like working on an album and like working on individual songs and like you know sitting there and toiling over them and you're so proud of the end product and then it's like okay now to promote this we have to dance on tiktok (laughs) like
1: yeah, why, reduce why it do, down to a silly. Why, why do we have uh, to do
0: this? Like, I, <laughs> this is so nice and polished, and now we have to put out these weird videos.
2: Okay. But yeah, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're
0: doing, we're participating
2: <laughs> <laughs> in your own way. No, that, you've got to do that. Yeah. You? Absolutely.
1: Um, what about, um, you know, the songwriting process in general? Do you find it easy to be perhaps vulnerable or, you know, share some more? kind of, I guess, private thoughts some people put into songs, maybe things they wouldn't necessarily tell someone, you know, uh, and yeah. it's just the kind of life of a, of a songwriter or band members that help co-write or whatever, whoever goes into writing everything. But do you, how do you find that process um to, you know, say the things that you wouldn't necessarily share with people, but through song?
2: Yeah, I have, so I write all of our lyrics and I've always, writing has always come more naturally to me, I think, than saying, how I feel out loud. So writing has always been where I go to express myself, um, no matter what those feelings are. And when one thing about my songwriting process that I find very frustrating is that it doesn't, it just like my muse or whatever you want to call it is very fickle, I think. And just, it appears when it wants to. And when it's not there, I just can't write. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll have, months that I'm nonstop writing and sometimes I have all of months that I'm just kind of absorbing, I guess. Um, and you have to have a balance of both of those things. But um yeah, it's never so I guess all that to say that whatever for me, whatever comes out is coming from somewhere else. And I don't I don't like to think overthink about what I'm writing. Um usually if it's flowing naturally, that's when I know I'm making a good song. So I don't edit the things that come out. Like I don't edit um, things that might feel too personal or might feel too raw. I just let it flow. And I think that's kind of become um, a bit of a trademark of our, our lyrics is that it's, it, it is often very raw and um, can speak to sometimes light topics, but sometimes quite dark topics. And uh, it's just wherever, wherever I'm at in the moment, um, I try to be as honest as possible and, and sharing how I'm feeling um, and in the hopes that it will connect with people who've been through similar things that I've been through, I guess.
1: Mm, No, that doesn't make sense. Um, Do you find it easier to write from a place of, say, not necessarily pain or heartache, but something more along, you know, troubled times rather than happiness? You know, like Adele seems to just be a natural, you know, she can just pluck out the pain and, you know, make this incredible song. How do you
2: think about that? Do you find it easier? I... Yeah. I mean, I definitely find it easier to write from a place of pain. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I whether I like it or not, when I'm in, when I'm in that sort of state, when I'm in a kind of contemplative, sad state, when I'm, it's just, things flow out of me more easily. I, I find that it's hard for me to sit down and write like a, happy little pop song because that's not (laughs) it's it's just kind of that's not always who I am as a writer um so yeah I mean those big emotions the the love and loss and pain are are always my greatest inspirations and I think things just come out more easily from those places
1: Mm -hmm. okay and what about the rest of this year for the band have you got any news or anything you want to share maybe a second album (laughs) are you touring like what's going on for you guys
2: we're definitely going to be doing a lot of a lot more shows. Um, we're going to try to tour as much as possible, and we'll keep everybody updated with that. Um, but we're just the, the main focus is just uh, seeing where this, seeing where Sugar Pie takes us, and and um, you know we have a we have a few more tricks up our sleeve as the as the months progress, and okay. um, hopefully everybody will be excited to come along with us
1: i'm intrigued i guess people can find out whatever (laughs) your future news will be on your socials right
2: we'll keep you posted for sure
1: okay amazing um okay well thank you i think that about does it thanks so much for joining today it's been such a pleasure thank you so much for having us alice oh you're so welcome anytime honestly we'd love to have you back on if you have future news sometime you want to share or anything like that so yeah it's been a pleasure
0: headliner radio supporting the creative community